Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Basketball Strong Podcast. I'm Tim DeFrancesco, former LA Lakers strength and conditioning coach and doctor of physical therapy, and I'm here with my co-host, Emmy-nominated writer and author, Phil White. This podcast is not just for basketball junkies. It's for anyone who loves to hear the human stories behind great people while learning the science behind preparing your body for the court and high performance. Today's episode is a brief but funny story about how Metaworld World Peace and Steve Blake officially christened me as an L.A. Laker. You're going to love this one. First, I have an update on this month's specialty prize giveaway contest. As you know, the winner will get a signed copy of the new Kobe book, The Rise by Mike Sielski, signed by none other than the author himself, Mike Sielski. So I had originally said I was going to announce and email the winner on Friday, April 8th. I've extended it to announcing and emailing the winner on Wednesday, April 13th. So that's when I'm going to do it. You still have time. You can get your submission in to enter in for to be a winner of this prize, this great prize, this great book. All you have to do is email me, tim at basketballstrongpodcast.com. You have to have subscribed and left a review for the podcast. So be sure to do that. Now let's get into this story. We're in the house. What's happening, P? How are you? Better than I deserve, friend. How are you? Doing great. What do we got cooking today? Good. So, yeah, a while ago, you told me an interesting story harkening back to your time with the Lakers. And, you know, in past episodes, we've talked about, you see, the eight lessons you learned from Kobe, um, a similar episode with Steve Nash. And we also had Ryan Dempsey on the talk about his book with Ron Artest slash Meta World Peace, um, which was really yep. interesting as well. But you had shared with me that that Meta slash Ron and also Steve Blake had kind of christened you into this new role with the Lakers. And ironically, given the history between these two clubs, it was at center court on the Boston Celtics leprechaun. So <laughs> I thought we'd, uh, we'd have a bit of a laugh and share this story. But first, maybe it'd be useful for people to set the scene on how you went from the Bakersfield Jam to joining the Lakers initially. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great one. So the to your point just a little bit of set the t- scene i was working with the bakersfield jam and and that's an nba d league team at the time and and now it's the g league the bakersfield team an organization doesn't exist in the g league anymore but there was one season while i was there in my two to three seasons while i was there where there was a looming nba lockout and the LA Lakers had decided they were going to just take their D league team, the LA defenders off the books and not have to carry that budget as a lockout was looming. And the NBA then said, well, you have to be affiliated with a team in the, in the D league. So the next geographically closest team and an obvious one was the Bakersfield jam. So we had a couple of players Derek Character and Devin Ebanks were sent down to work with us while I was the head strength and conditioning coach, head athletic trainer. Oh, by the way, I was the laundry guy and the equipment guy, and I did the travel coordinating as well. Maybe a few. Oh, the the grocery run guy too. Don't want to get and, lazy. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, a couple of players come down during the course of that season. They go back up. Anyways, Gary Vitti, the legendary head athletic trainer 
And if you haven't listened to his episode with us, you've got to get back and listen to it. Some incredible Celtics Lakers stories from his days of getting started with the Lakers in those early eighties periods and, and, and all the rivalry that went on there. But Gary at this point is much further along in his career towards the end of his career. And he was really on the search for somebody in to run his weight room that could do it from the perspective of a physical therapist and from a rehab standpoint, but was okay with owning the weight room and not being a PT part-time and weight room part-time. And that was exactly me. And I, I fit that bill perfectly. And I was really, that is what I wanted to be is, is looked at as a strength coach who had a background in physical therapy versus a lot of physical therapists look at themselves as doctor of physical therapy who might have a background in strength and conditioning. So things lined up. We had some of those players sent down. They went back up. Word got up to Gary that things were going well when they came down and, and he was intrigued with the, the background that I had as a physical therapist running the weight room sessions in Bakersfield and that kind of thing. And had my, it was a CSCS certified strength and conditioning specialist as well. And so next thing I know, I'm looking at an email from Gary basically saying, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to fill this position this way. You fit the bill really nicely. Would you be interested in talking? And I remember having my, my now wife read the email back to make sure I was reading what I was seeing and seeing what I was reading and, and interpreting it correctly. And, um, you know, she said, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think he seems like he's asking you if you would want this job, if it was available. And so when the Lakers call, you pick up and you go. And so basically very quickly that turned into conversations with Gary that quickly turned into, I remember, I can remember having, Gary take us through Manhattan beach, giving us a tour of Manhattan beach. So I drive up after a practice to Manhattan beach. He wanted to meet my wife and I, my, my now wife and I in person. And he says, yeah, come meet me in Manhattan beach. Okay. So next thing I know we're he's taking us a tour of Manhattan beach in his convertible top down, giving us every giving us the full tour we're back at his house he's making panini sandwiches asking if we want wine or beer we're sitting in a, a sun uh, on a, on a sun-kissed manhattan beach afternoon on his deck overlooking the entire ocean having paninis and and uh wine and beer and i'm like okay this is this is a little different than bakersfield right now this this is uh this is interesting and so yeah that's kind of how I get to be with the Lakers and there's obviously a more formal interview process. And um, with that is a little bit of an important note to what we're going to, going to get into as, as meta world peace and, and Steve Blake christened me as a Laker. But during that interview process, Mitch Kupchak says to me, he goes, and it's me, Mike Brown, Gary Vitti in the, the war room, it was called in the, in the Lakers war room where they did their draft deals. They did everything. And I was wearing a Brown suit. I remember it perfectly. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to answer just right. Everything just right. So 
Mitch goes, all right, so everybody in this room knows you're from New England. They also know what that means. It means you grew up a Celtics fan. So that's fine. Now, what are you going to say when a player realizes this and they ask you, are you a Celtics fan? And so I'm like, I don't know Mitch at this time. I don't know Mitch has this sort of dry sense of humor. I don't know Gary at this time. I don't know any of it. I, I just think if I answer this wrong, I'm, I'm dead meat. I, I'm, I'm in the, the belly of the beast. Yes, of course, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm a diehard Celtics fan. I had Larry, bobblehead, Larry Bird bobbleheads in my office, and I, I had some in storage, too, of course. And so I'm like, oh, man, how? All right, just say, I go, Mitch, if anybody understands the gravity and the amount of work, amount of work that it takes to have a legendary franchise like the LA Lakers, it would be somebody that respected and observed them through the lens of a, and I'm about to say of a, of a Celtics fan. And Gary goes, all right, kid, just cut it. Let me tell you something. The, your favorite team is the team that pays your paycheck. All right. So that's what you're going to say to the player. I go, okay. And uh, <clears throat> so that, that happens in the interview. So, you know, there, there's, there's no, you're not allowed. I mean, green is not even allowed in the building. Okay. And, and so obviously I downplayed, I didn't, I, we used to, the, all the staff and, and people would always say, oh yeah, I bet you got green underwear. You got green underwear. You got this, that, and the other thing. And I'd always downplay it. No, 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 no. Just move on, move on. Next question, next, next, next topic, whatever. And so early in the first season, at some point we take the first, we, we play the one time in Boston as, as being in the West Western conference, you only play one time at Boston and then Boston plays one time at LA. And so we're going back to Boston. It's exciting. I, I loved going through the, the league that year and going into different arenas. You've only seen the games on TV. Now suddenly you're warming guys up on center court. So cool to see and, and just kind of see all of what, what that entailed. But now we're going to the Mecca for me. This is where I went to every NBA game I ever went to growing up. I went to the original Boston Garden for one game, and then I went to every other game I ever went to at what was at one time the Fleet Center and now the TD Garden. Hey, it and even so, has your initials on it. I mean, it <laughs> that's right, exactly. And uh, what else would it be? And so, um, so now I'm, I'm like, man, this is really cool. And we actually even had, and and and, and as an aside, I really did a. I, I worked very hard in some ways In some ways I didn't have to, for whatever reason, I, I do have this sort of tunnel vision where I just was like, look, this is my job. And I've talked about this in the Kobe episode where I, I wasn't enamored by players, maybe except for the time when I first met Kobe, but I wasn't enamored with the situation. And I was just sort of like, this is my job. And 
I had a lot on my plate. And so it was easy to stay just focused, but that was one moment where I kind of like stepped back and obviously all my family was coming to the game as many as I could get them to. And I've, I've told the story about how we got my dad press passes and he ended up acting like he was a team photographer for 30 years on the floor and all that stuff during that game. But what led up to that first game at Boston was hilarious. So We've got an off day and this, this is very rare. And we, we all on the road trips, we don't always have in, in certain cities, we don't have an off day. So we had an off day for meant two things. It meant we were going to have a practice and it also meant we were going to have time where I could have spent a little extra time with the family. So it was really, it was lining up really perfectly, but first was the practice. So we flew in late night from um, some other East coast game and we flew in, maybe we just played, the Knicks and we, we get in from New York and it's late. And then we all just crash. And and then the next morning there's a 10 AM bus that, that goes to the practice facility and, um, and, and not even the practice facility, actually the actual, our practice, we reserved it on TD garden on the floor. And so a lot of times you'll go to the practice facility, but in this case, we just, we, we, it was easier and closer to the hotel to just go to the TD garden and play and practice on the floor. But we were only practicing with certain players and it wasn't a full mandatory practice. So what we did was I was taking a group over early meeting at nine 30 and then the rest of the bus of, of people that needed to practice, according to Mike Brown, we're going to meet over there. So I had my list of players that maybe either hadn't got a lot of playing time or that needed to lift and, and wanted to lift and that kind of thing. So those players were not the veterans. They were not the Steve, they were not the Steve Blakes and these other um, players that were, were on that squad. They were not the Kobe's and that kind of thing. And, uh, but Meta had said to me, Hey, I'm, I'm going to hop on that early bus. I want to go over and lift early with you. So I'm like, okay. And, and me and the rooks are, are hopping in at that. We're going to leave at nine 30. So we're on the bus. It's like nine 28, no Meta, no Meta. Everybody else is on the bus, nine 29, nine 30. And literally I'm in charge of this group of getting there. Cause this is just the lift, the guys lifting pre-practice and I'm like, Hey, let's go. I mean, I'm not going to be the wishy-washy new guy who gets walked over and we just sit here and make the rest of the players sit here and wait for meta. Let's go. So we start pulling out and every street's a one way street in Boston. And I, I, I suddenly I, I hear all the players in the back saying there he is there. And he's running out the hotel. And next thing I know he sprints up to the bus, he's banging on the bus. And I'm like, Oh man, I don't know meta. Like I got to know him. And I'm like, Oh, he's going to be real pissed at me right now. And he's like, you guys left me. You guys left me. Who, who made the call? Who made the call? And I'm like, Hey, you were late, man. And I, I knew it was like rubber meets the road. You stand up and you, you own it right there. Just wear it. And he's like, damn, that's crazy, man. That is so crazy. I'm here getting lifts early, a veteran, blah, blah, blah. You're going to do this. And you know, I, there was a little bit of sarcasm in his voice, but I, I could never really tell with him, but he got calmed down. Other players like, yeah, man, what the heck? We're not waiting for you anyways. And, and blah, 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 as players do. And, and so he gets on the bus and, and, and we move on and I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm just like looking over my shoulder, like, is he done with it? Hopefully. And, and we go, we lift and then the other players come and it's time to practice. 
So now we got most of the team there, Steve Blake's in the crew and we're, I'm literally, I catch myself and I'm doing a dynamic stretch with players from baseline to mid court at TD garden. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, this is a pinch yourself moment. This is crazy. So I'm just getting through the dynamic stretches. I'm, I'm kind of wide eyed and, and just taking in the moment at the same time. And I get down to half court, we change directions and then Meta world peace who's a little bit keyed up on what happened earlier. He's, he's got it out for me. I could still, I could tell he's not quite done dropping this. He goes, Hey, Hey, wait a minute. Nobody move. Nobody move. And he points his finger right at me. He goes, you're from here. You're from here. Aren't you? I heard you're from here. I bet you, you have a Larry bird bobblehead on your desk right now. And I'm like, come on, Meta, come on. We got to, and, and now we've got coaches on the floor. They're waiting for me to get done with the warm up and hand them off so they can practice all this. I'm like, come on, Meta, come on, man. We got to go. We got to go. And it's like, no, 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 nobody move. You, he's trying to sabotage us. He's a mole. He, they put him in here. The Celtics put him in here. And now Steve Blake's in it. Yeah, yeah, man. That's true. That's true. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you, you got it out for us now, don't you? I'm like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's go. We got to, this is, we got, this is real funny, guys. Come on. And they're like, no, 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 prove it. Now we got Luke Walton into it. Now we got everybody's like, yeah, we're not moving. You can picture them all standing around me at half court, arms folded. Like, yeah, we're not moving, man. You prove it, prove it. You're prove that you're a Laker and not a Celtics, a Celtics fanatic. And uh, I go, all right. So I had, I had uh, sweatpants on. I had shorts underneath. I stripped the sweatpants down. And I bounced my butt on the leprechaun five times. Boom, boom, boom. The whole group goes nuts and they go crazy. And then Steve and Matt were like, yeah, you're a Laker now. You're lucky you, you're lucky you pulled that out of your bag, man, because we were questioning that. But you're a Laker now. So that was me getting christened as a Laker. And, you know, the reality is, as Gary, as Gary said properly in the very beginning, my favorite team was the one that paid my paycheck anyways, but uh, I had to prove it to those guys. Incredible. Oh, it's so good. It's just pure gold. In this case, purple and gold. Um, For anyone that hasn't listened to this episode yet, they need to. The eight lessons that you learned from coaching Kobe, go check it. It's one of our favorites so far for good reason. But um, you you touched on it earlier, so I'm going to have to give people this little bonus in case they haven't. And if you have, just deal with it. We're going to just quickly go over it again. So you mentioned that the other kind of christening into the organization was the the first time you, you were introduced to Kobe. So can you tell that one real quick too? Yeah, so that that one is where... I had met a lot of the players and I had been going down the roster with Gary V. He's going through all their injury history. And then one by one, they would come in the training room and pre in preseason and in the training camp period, they'd all sort of straggle back to town one day after the next, and then have to report for getting their physical. So I had met a lot of the players already and, and Kobe was the last and final one. And I could kind of hear like this things change in the training room. It, w- it was, sort of practice court. And then to the side of the practice court was weight room in between the weight room and the locker room was the training room. So there's a, a buzz and players are just shooting the shit and, and you can hear everybody kind of getting to work as we get ready for the, one of the first training camp practices. And then all of a sudden I hear the buzz just change a little bit. And so I knew that I would be meeting Kobe that day. Cause he would conceivably be reporting for practice that day. And so 
I could see out the hallway into the training room, into the locker room. And I kind of scooted over the door so I could look down and, and sure enough, he's in the locker room and all the players stop what they're doing. Kobe, Hey, you, you know, this check it, you know, how was the summer, all this other stuff. And, um, and then he starts walking towards the weight room. So I'm going through my head. I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to say? I got to say all the right stuff, make sure this is a good first impression, holding out my hand as I'm getting closer. Hey, Hey, Kobe, I might've even said, Mr. Bryant, Hey, Mr. Bryant, my name is Tim DeFrancesco. And he slaps my hand out of the way and he goes, man, get that shit out of here. We got work to do. And he gives me a big old bear hug. And, you know, as I said before, it's just sort of what set the tone. He, he was all about getting the work in and doing the steps that it took to get a, a, a ring, the next ring and to get to Mount Rushmore for him. And, um, and that was, that was set perfectly when he slapped my hand out of the way. It kind of relieved me that uh, all the small talk could go away and we could just get to work. Brilliant. Well, two different stories, two different tones. One included bud on leprechaun, one did not. But uh, <laughs> but we did manage to get one of the two goats <laughs> in there too. So, yeah, this was incredible. So um, thanks for listening. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it too. And uh, tune back in next week for yet another episode. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's show, and we hope you did, Please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen to podcasts on. And so you never miss a weekly episode, be sure to subscribe and follow. You can find previous episodes on our show website. That's www.basketballstrongpodcast.com. For more basketball performance resources and nagging injury solutions, follow me on Instagram at TDAthletesEdge. And follow Phil at Phil White Books. Until next week's episode, stay basketball strong. <laughs>